0: All right.
1: kick it up and uh you're listening to kayak fishing radio i'm chip gibson a tree hugger and here every thursday night gonna get off to a little bit of a slow start tonight not a big deal we got a couple of guests in the chat room and you guys can log in using any social network thing facebook twitter or whatever you can actually create an account with blog talk radio Sign in, and you can uh, chat in the chat room. Otherwise, you're just sitting there watching it and uh, listening. I so, but we appreciate that. We appreciate folks that are listening to the podcast later on down the week. But, anyways, man, looks like we're in for a good weather weekend. Looks like most of the bad stuff has uh, pushed its way off. Maybe still a bit up in the uh, the northeast there, but uh, that should get straightened out about uh, about the end of the weekend. So, uh, looking for uh, some good weather and maybe some good fishing. Got out last week, and uh, uh buddy there at uh, work, uh, Steve Brown, took him, met him at the local uh, freshwater impoundment here in the ATL. And uh, we put the boats in the water, and we paddled around, caught a few little fish. Nothing big, nothing uh, exciting, but uh, it was an uh, opportunity for me to introduce him to some uh, native watercraft boats, uh, Ultimate and the Slayer Propel. We had a good time, uh, spent about four, or five, four and a half hours out on the water there in a the little pond, and had a good time. I uh, hope Steve uh, enjoyed it there. Holy cow, look who we've got showing up in the chat room. It's the uh, the lady herself. And there we go. Real Kayak Fishing, D. Kaminsky out of uh, uh, South Central Florida there. Sebastian, I believe it is, Real Kayak Fishing. Check it out if you're down in that area and you're looking for a native endorsed guide, D is the person for you. So good to see you in there, D. Hope things are going well, and uh, it's uh, it's getting on time put some fish up on the board. This is uh this is a good time of year. Weather's nice. Uh waters are starting to warm up, the fish are getting active. Um Mr. Becker'll be here in just a bit. He uh got a little top water bite, I guess, uh earlier this week and or maybe Saturday. Uh, big old giant catfish, hit top water, so they're getting they're getting bold and out there. Hello. Hello D. Can you not hear me? Let's see, are we broadcasting? Uh hello. I don't think I'm on mute. Uh oh. Cancel. You can't hear me. Hit refresh. We're here. What's going on here? Alright. Maybe uh we're not getting out. Maybe we have a little technical difficulty. I uh, give up. Alright, so let's see what we got. You did it two times, huh? Alright, let me make sure it's not uh let me see here. We'll go here and Okay, three times now. We're not you're not hearing me, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Technical difficulties. Excuse me while we try it here. Testing 1 2. Hello. Yeah, I'm I'm getting it there. Oh. Someone has just logged in. I think it's Mr. Becker showing up. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, hang on a minute. We'll get restarted here. Let me see. All right. No? Let's see where we're at. Oh. All right, Mr. Becker. Check one, two, check, check. Check one, two, check, check. I can hear myself. Dee says she can't hear anything. I can hear you. You can hear me. I can hear you. I can hear you both over the broadcast, and I can hear you through Skype. Okay. Well, it's she just signed out, so she'll be back. Anyways. Cool. All right. We'll start over. Here we go. Um, is that you, Matt? Are, Are you good talking to me? Yeah, who's that? It's oh.
2: Mike from I just want to let you know you've been getting out the whole time. I've been watching oh. people come in and out, but I've <laughs> been hearing you the whole time, so everything's working.
1: Okay, man. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't want to hold you up. Uh, keep going with your show, and everybody online, don't worry about what you can't hear.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Good it. to go,
2: man. Good evening. I'm listening. Hey,
1: you called me last time about the uh, the, the the slam, right?
2: Yeah. Hey,
1: can so there's you? Only uh,
2: one recorded on the on northeast side. There's only uh only one recorded.
1: Right. I made a note to myself, and I forgot to say it last week, but. Uh, send me an email at chip at kayakfishingradio.com dot com with your address, and I'll send you some KFR stickers, man.
2: Oh man, that would be that's tight. All right,
1: All right. I'll yeah, do man. that.
2: Yeah, I appreciate
1: chip at, it. Chip at kayakfishingradio.com. dot com. Just send me your address, and I'll I'll get you a couple of uh, KFR stickers. All
2: I got to online. I don't want to blow your show, but I've been trying. I did a quick um, Facebook profile I don't really have a Facebook but I wanted to go on just so I could type in and I can't get in once I'm in. I don't want, in- I am I doing something wrong?
1: Hmm. Uh to get into the chat room? Yeah. Um yeah it, it should it be shows where me you everybody just go
2: that with goes for the week but I can't get to any one person and it brings up the same screen that if I do it through through the kayakfishing.com. dot com.
1: Oh, okay. Oh. Hey, Chip. I'll tell you what. I'll take them out into the uh, into the screening room and I'll uh, I'll run him through it. Okay, man. Thanks. I appreciate Greg. it. All right, thanks, buddy. Don't forget to send me your address. Two windows open, and it's fine. All right, D. here. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna tell the kids. Cue the kids. There we go. D got it working. All right. <laughs> one for chat and one from the live link off the blog talk. Okay. Hmm. I guess maybe my link on uh, Kayak Fishing Radio might be messed up. I'll have to double-check that. Thanks for alerting me to that. So anyways, we've got, um, yeah, yay. Um, So the weather looks like it might be uh, good to go. I see you guys are getting a little bit of the remnants of the rain and stuff, but I think for the weekend it looks like not too bad, right? The forecast for the weekend is not that bad, so um, get out there and do some fishing. Um, Looking at the events coming up, Uh, the Big Bend Kayak Classic in Crawfordville, Florida. Uh, Sean Blunt invited us, uh, to. unfortunately we're not going to be able to make it down there, but uh, folks in that area, if you're interested, Big Bend Kayak Classic, Crawfordville, Florida. Check that one out. That's... uh, uh starts uh, tomorrow I guess. And then Southwest Florida Kayak Angling Festival in Fort Myers. That's Saturday all day. It'll be at the Fishtail Marina in Fort Myers. And then Sunday, uh Manatee Cove, Merritt Island, Florida. First Sunday S K the Space Coast Kayak uh outings. So that's coming up then uh the Pen- uh Panama City Kayak Fishing Association has their May social coming up on the twelfth. And that looks like about it for early on in the in the month. So welcome to May. Holy cow, it is May, right? We are already at May first and uh the weather is uh is changing. Spring is upon us and uh hopefully the fishing will get good um i don't know and now uh, mr becker is still in the uh in the conference room there but good stuff going on uh if uh you're we don't have uh, specific boats here that we push and all but uh i do favor uh a good portion of my uh stable is made out of native watercraft And there's a Native Watercraft Owners Group that opened up just about a week ago, I think it was. And we already got 252 members in the Native Watercraft Owners Facebook page there. Check it out if you're interested in Native Watercraft. A lot of interesting stuff going on in there. Uh, I think there's actually now a Hobie uh, Owners Group. It's something, how something gets out on Facebook. Next thing you know, everybody wants uh, wants a piece of it. But cool. Check those out. Check out our uh, our uh, segment there on Kayak Fishing Radio. You get some insight into the other shows that are happening. Remember, on Monday nights, uh, Redfish Chuck kicks it off out of Titusville, Florida. On Tuesday nights, we have Yak Fish in Texas with Jaron Wassel. Uh, he's uh, he works over there at Austin Kayak in Texas. That show there, if you want to catch it, though, if you want to see it or listen to it live, you got to show up at nine o'clock central time, or eight o'clock central. That's nine o'clock Eastern. Uh, don't be fooled by that sitting there waiting for the show to start. And then on Wednesday we have uh, our longtime uh, buddy there, Mister. Um, Mark Wheeler landing crew, and he does our sweet water show, our low sodium event on Wednesday nights, and then we come around here on Thursday nights for the Christian radio. Thursdays on Buzzards Row. A bunch of us just sitting around from all over the country. Yeah, the world. That's right. So really cool. Yeah, we got native watercraft folks from all over the world. That is pretty interesting. It was really cool seeing some of the folks from... Uh, uh Sweden and like there was one here from those guys fish a lot of uh pike and stuff it's very cool but uh yeah it's amazing that uh, the natives are popular pretty much all around the world very cool um so Australia Canada yeah even the Canadians very cool. D, how have you been? You should call in and let's chat. See what's going on in your neighborhood. Seven one four eight one six four seven two seven. We're here. We're gonna. We, we started a new thing a couple of weeks ago, and tonight we're gonna get into it here in just a bit. Mister Becker comes back on the line, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, do our tech talk now. And uh, we started off at the. Uh, with our first initial tech talks, and we were talking about electronics in the boat, in your kayak, and how to put a battery in it, and put some wiring in there, and rig it up for a bottom machine GPS. And then we got into some lights. <laughs> drag, she's trying to cook dinner. Okay, pull some drag there for D Where is it? Oh, there we go, D. I'm back. How did you? There you go. I'm running with it. You're live, Mr. Becker. Actually, we're sounds, part of it. yeah. Sounds good to me. Tell us how your week.
3: Oh, the week. Uh, the week had had high hopes and high aspirations, and uh, the uh, the weather was <laughs> not as cooperative as I would have liked. But all in all. The weekend was good. Got to get out on the water a little bit. I uh, uh, was hoping to get out during the week. We Had some real good afternoon tides combined with some good active uh, solar lunar, or sol lunar, depending on how you like to say it, periods. Huh? But um, the one day I could have gotten out there and, and spent some time, uh, the, uh, you know the morning news was talking about small craft warnings and everything else, and I figured, well, you know discretion being the better part of valor and all that, and uh, I decided not to go out and uh, Donna and I went down to the the nature park by the uh, by the power plant for lunch
1: right it was
3: It wasn't quite glass calm, but it was certainly navigable and i I said to myself that will teach you to uh to pay attention to, to the Joker, weather so yeah
1: <laughs> but ev- every
3: other day the this you know there have been two foot swells running with that really really strong wind and uh, out of the south so it uh, it hasn't been much fun but robert and i did get out last saturday and paddle around a bunch out there i uh i caught one catfish on a paddle tail uh moving it faster than i, I thought they could move but uh, <laughs> we we're, were fishing in some pretty tough weather and then uh Got the wife out on Friday for a little paddle around the bay for a little nature tour. So that was a good thing. Got some time on the water anyway.
1: Time on the water is a good time, man. It is absolutely good time. Yeah. So I've, I mentioned your your catfish experience there, um, but uh, actually, I think we've got. Is that UD?
4: Yes, it is.
1: Dee! <laughs> it's you Dee Kaminsky, Native Watercraft Endorsed Guide out of Sebastian Florida, welcome back to the show Florida, thank Mr. you Sehort I miss Sehortis you guys
4: Sehortis. so much
1: <laughs> yeah so I mean Dee, tell us how it's been going, you had any trips this week, what's, what's a, give oh. us a fishing report
4: you know I was listening to Mr. Becker first, so you okay. know, don't don't just come to me because I was here, you know, because I haven't been here in a while. I like oh, to he, hear what he's got to say.
1: <laughs> he caught a big catfish. <laughs> yep, that was he it. Did. That was it. The big catfish. Do they
4: uh, like, freshwater uh, freshwater catfish?
3: No, this was a saltwater catfish.
4: Was it, uh, like, a, a sail cat or... No, it,
3: it was not a gaff-top uh, gaff sail cat. It was a... Uh, you know, it hard a basic little little, little old hardhead, but hit a uh, hit a three inch paddle tail that I was cranking in fast to make another calf, and he came up and blistered it right almost under the surface, and uh, <laughs> I, I was actually laughing because I I'd, I'd never seen that happen before. I thought I had a pretty decent.
4: Uh, yeah, you right, know redder, that's, that's redder really Interesting that you brought that up. I I did have uh, some time to spend with a um, uh, a pro angler, uh, Justin Carter, this past weekend uh, fishing with him out of Titusville. He's from South Carolina, and he did a couple trips up to um, the Panhandle area and the Gulf Coast, and he said those cats are ridiculous, that they will hit everything and anything yeah. Um, and, and in South Carolina as well. And we don't have that down here in Florida. Um, they'll hit the gulp, gulp baits, which I do not fish. Um, but other than that, they're not going to really hit anything unless it's uh, stinky, smelly stuff.
3: Yeah. No, this was, this was a relatively unstinky, unsmelly. But uh, he must have been hungry. And I, I figured that would be a good sign because I figured if the catfish were hitting something that was almost a topwater, you know, the, the redfish and trout had to turn on, but uh, they, oh. uh, they did not, and the, the wind kind of pushed us back into the bay, so. Yeah,
4: but you, you said he hit a topwater. I missed but, that But No, I was, I, was, I, was, crazy. I was,
3: actually, I have caught one on the topwater. Um, I've caught a gaff top sail on a on a topwater, but um, I did catch, uh, this one was a, a paddle tail that I was reeling in, you know, about six feet, seven feet from the boat. I was zipping it back in to make another cast. And uh, he came up and blistered it right, uh, right in front of the boat. So. Wow. Yep.
4: Wow! Wow! Wow!
3: Freaky wow. stuff here in Tampa Bay.
4: All right. Well, um, I it's been crazy here. I mean, we had a really, really great April. It's been really strange. It hasn't been like uber, uber windy like it has been in the past years, uh, so where. A transition month. It's kind of later this year. Um, and it's also, the fishing has been later as well. So fish that I've caught and logged from a month ago in the beginning of April are actually showing up now. So logging is a really great, <laughs> great tool. Uh, log it all, learn from them, where you caught fish previously, you know, what's going on with. I, I'm not a tides kind of person, so I don't write any incoming, outgoing kind of tides stuff. But weather-wise, temperature-wise and whatnot, I mean, it's just a whole month off. I mean, two, two weeks to a month off of where it normally would be. So if anybody has done any of that stuff down here in South Florida... You know, look at your logs and fish it as if you were late, you know,
1: so you're saying that the action is like it's two two months late or two months early,
4: two months late, so like if I found fish April one, I'm finding uh-huh. them May one, wow, hm, yeah,
1: you think or it's just because weeks, of the you know, long the long winter or what
4: I don't know i I mean. If I could only get into the fish's head, then I'd be catching fish left and right, but um I just know that the patterns of the the pattern of the bite, the pattern of the location and the pattern of the schools has been later than it's normally been.
1: Hmm. Wow. Well, uh, it's it, it's interesting, and I know, Dee. So as as long as I've known you, you've always been a big proponent of of keeping logs and keeping track of where you saw fish, how you caught them, that kind of thing. You probably have one of the most extensive logs. Any fisheries biologist would love to uh, make copies, I'm sure. Um, but
4: it's going for the rate of uh, twenty million dollars right now. <laughs> No. See, it on e- see it on
1: eBay, D Kaminsky's. Logo. Yeah.
4: yeah, hell, if they can sell old underwear from uh, you know a rock star, <laughs> I should be able to make some money, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but ha- did you, did you get out this week, D, or did you catch? I've been pit? off the
4: water for three days because of wow. the storms and winds. Yeah, so I'm itching to get out, and I actually was thinking of going tomorrow. Uh, but it just with uh, they went from a thirty percent chance of rain to seventy percent where I want to go. I said no, that's okay. I'll stay home. Wow. I got things yeah. to
1: do. Yeah. got things <laughs> to do. Yeah. All right. So, wash <laughs> your parrot. <laughs> yeah, wash your parrot.
2: <laughs> what
1: Actually, was that? He said something about washing a parrot. Yeah, I said if you got to stay home and wash your parrot. Oh. Okay. oh.
4: That's not I a euphemism. A... That's
1: just... Oh, okay. Just something. Yeah. Right.
4: Wow.
1: Okay. So,
4: yeah.
1: Dee, you're welcome <laughs> to join in with us. And let me say hi to uh, Matt Trucks, Yak Chump, joining us from New Jersey. Hey, Matt, how are you?
0: Hey, good evening, Chip. Good evening, Greg. Good evening, Dee. How you guys doing?
4: Hey, Matt.
1: yo. Yo, yo. And uh, Matt is from New Jersey, dude. Uh, last week, you told us the 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 big bass, the stripers were on fire. How did you do? Yeah, it? we and killed them last weekend. Killed them. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Buddy of mine got a forty-two inch striper. Nice. Yeah, nice fish. <laughs> what are
1: they? What are they? What are they eating?
0: Uh, actually, they're they're on the bunker, or I think you guys call them the pogies down there, or something like that.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, they're they're
0: rolling on the bunker right now. Uh, cool. I don't know what what the uh, what's going to happen after all the rain we got yesterday. We got we got heavy rain up here too, like five uh-huh. inches. And the uh, the rivers were so overflowed this morning, I couldn't get to work until one thirty in the afternoon today. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and that's where those bass are headed. So <laughs> they might have all got blown back out into the bay and the ocean. <laughs>
1: just sit there at the road, man, and watch them come across and pick them off, right? Yeah, right. So,
4: are you out in your kayak in the ocean getting those, or are you in the river, or where are you getting those?
0: Um, ocean and Raritan Bay, if, if you know how New Jersey shaped, that little alcove where New York City is kind of sunken in yep. there. Yep. And the fish come in there, and they, they go up the Hudson River and the Raritan River, and they go in there to spawn. So mainly catching and release right now. A lot of us we're just catching and releasing because they're they're full eggs. All these fish, the cows, and uh, we'll 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 catch them when they come back down after they lay their eggs and spawn.
1: And they're not like they're not like the salmon and stuff. They they go up spawn and then come back out, right?
0: Yeah, they go up spawn and they come back out and they they go up to Massachusetts for
1: the uh, summer. Hang out on Kennebunkport or something, right? Yeah. Cool, man. So, and uh, we'll, we'll, that kind of ties in. I've got a, we've been, we started a new thing. We did it a uh, couple of weeks back. We did a couple of shows on it. We call it Tech Talk. And I'm going to, I'm going to take us into it right now. Watch your head. Keep your head and eyes open. And don't, don't get caught on the call. or anything like that. Holy cow, who turned it up? Anyways. Yeah, see, we're, we're tech talk, and tonight's tech talk. I I was I was reading through some you know just scanning through some forums and stuff, and the first thing I'm gonna start off with a riddle, and I know all you guys you guys are just sitting there, no 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 quick googling no Google foo, but the question is, when we talk about fishing reels, right? The old school fishermen used to talk about having a 4-odd or a 6-odd, right? Or a 12-odd reel. What does that mean? Who knows it? When you say a 4, you know, like you see it written, 4 slash 0, like a 4-odd reel. You know, Dee? Uh,
4: uh, Hook-wise, yes. Reel-wise, no, I have no clue.
1: No clue? It's a, we're talking about a conventional reel, like, it would be, wouldn't, well, I don't know, Matt, you guys probably use the conventional reels up there when you're jigging and stuff, right?
0: Yeah, that's pretty much all I use. I'm, yeah. I have, like, two spinner setups, that's it. Okay. All the rest of my rods are conventional setups, or so we baitcasters.
1: Right. And, then, and we're going to talk about, too, the different, you don't, you don't go cast in a four or a six-aught reel. You certainly wouldn't cast, like, a ten-aught. Come on, Mr. Becker. Chime in now. What does that What does that mean? What does a six ot mean?
3: Come on, cool Becker. What, what I actually heard uh-huh. was that the the ot designation was something that Penn started. That it really wasn't a standard until they made it one. Um, okay. There was there was a correlation at one point to um, IGFA classes, but I don't think that's all that valid. Um, no, I think it's just.
1: Sizing. It, it 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 does have to do with the size, so, uh, and it has to do with the days when they did the the it wasn't braided line like we know it. Right, the, it was the nylon, the nylons. Yep. Right. So the dacron lines. So if you had four strands, right, each strand had so many, uh, so many lines in it, and each one was about three or four pounds of test weight. So like a four-aught reel would be about a forty pound, a 30 to 40-pound test. But the slash-aught meant ocean reel. It wasn't a zero. It was, it was not a zero. It was an O. It was a, so it meant an ocean or a saltwater-based reel. Okay. And to this day, like a four-aught reel is like a Penn Senator 113 and a six ot, it's like a one fourteen, but it was Penn that started it. But it, the the ot designation meant ocean reel. Pretty sure that's what it is. A little little trivia there to kick off tech talk. But tech talk, we're going to talk about fishing reels. And the way we like to do tech talk, these we start off just kind of generic, and and kind of get the the generalities of it, right? So, and the, and the reason I brought this up tonight was because. I was reading, and you don't realize it, but a spinning reel—what we what we think of when we talk about a spinning reel—the reel itself is in our friends across the pond. There, they call it a fixed spool reel because the spool doesn't really turn on a spinning reel, does it? No,
4: it doesn't. <laughs> it, does, it does on
3: mine most of the time, but it's turning backwards. <laughs>
4: Uh, I don't know if that's good the or bad. Well <laughs> no, it's a big
3: fish thing, man! It's a drag. It's a drag. they are taking
4: drag.
1: Yeah, it's a big yeah but that means fish. you
4: have something on the hook. <laughs> that's exactly
1: right. Exactly right.
0: That's right. Yeah, but you so, don't want it to go backwards too far.
1: No. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs>
1: and it, and it, yeah, it's they they call it a a fixed a fixed spool drag or a fixed spool reel because it's the bail spinning around. When you crank the handle, it turns the bail around, which then wraps in... And then another small gear that makes the spool go up and down so that it doesn't just wind it all in one position on the reel. But I thought that was kind of interesting. But so Tech Talk, we want to try to give folks an idea about, you know, things about fishing reels. So how many different kind of reels do we, do we see out? We just said with Matt, you know, we talked about a conventional reel. And then there's a, a casting reel. You're not really casting, a, like I said, a four-odd or a six-odd. You're pretty much putting a bait on it, be it a big, giant jig or something like that, and you're dropping it straight down under the boat. We used to call those boat reels, right, because that's what you use them for. You just drop them straight down, especially if you went on, like, a party boat. That's what they gave you when you got on there, right? So you're not casting around. They're putting, like, four ounces of weight on it, maybe six ounces of weight, and you just drop it straight down to the bottom.
0: Yeah, see, it and depends. Uh, I mean, um with the round conventional reels, if it has a level line on it, I'll cast those. Uh, I cast pretty far with those, especially with, like, a snagging setup snag and bunker, uh, yeah. weighted treble. Mm-hmm. But um, if it doesn't have a level line on it, that's typically a, a reel you're going to use for trolling. Right. That kind of conventional setup, because you got to level it as you reel it in. Okay.
1: With your thumb, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, when you get into the big reels, and the, and the nice thing about a conventional reel, and the reason that, they're great on a boat, uh, and they're great for what you're doing. Is they hold a lot of line, right? I mean, what, what kind of reels are you using, Matt? What's your conventional reels?
0: Uh, for bass fishing, the Abu Garcia 7000 series. Okay. And uh, for flounder fishing, the, the 6000 series Abus. I like the Abus. They're they're cheap. <laughs> That's
1: and how much why line? Like and how much line can you put on those? And you're well, you're probably loading them up with braid, right?
0: Braid, yeah. Minimum, you could put 300 yards of braid on, no problem.
1: Right. And now, when we go back to our talking about our spinning reels, unless you get up into some really big spinning reels, it's going to be tough to get 300 yards of line on a spinner reel, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, and then we're going to talk about sizes here in just a minute. But we got our spinning reels. That's pretty much general. I think everybody has a spinning reel, right? Um. Conventional reels, uh, you know, you're going to get the guys up up north like Matt that are going after maybe fishing under some bridges or out in the bay or something like that. Uh, And then there's the the casting reels. And casting reels, what I'm thinking about, are more, you know, like the uh, Shimano, Curados, uh, Abu Garcia, the smallest, like Matt was saying, with the level wind. And... uh, you can cast that. you got to have a real talented thumb, though. Otherwise, I mean, I think D's seen me put some bird's nests and some reels that make you just want to cry. Oh, no,
4: no, that
0: wasn't
1: you. <laughs> yeah, that was me. When you hook a spook into so your The casting grills we your to
0: are, are pretty much uh, seamless with their magnet drag system. Uh, if you get a bird's nest in these newer reels, you're doing something really wrong. <laughs> yeah, well,
4: it, you know, to 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 put Chip uh, in a good spot, it wasn't because he didn't cast it properly. He got it caught on his anchor.
1: Yeah. He had a stick
4: in there. Yeah, it, I hauled.
1: I hauled
4: back. It <laughs> So, that dude caught all on right. to
1: the stakeout pole
4: there. <laughs> and, the stakeout pole, and it just was the biggest thing ever. And I never heard anybody swear. So no, he didn't swear. Um, <laughs> but it was done for the day. Let's just put it that way. Yeah,
1: that one was done, man. That one was. <laughs> but, done.
4: but it all depends, you know. Yeah. Me, I've seen a million people just love those uh, reels, and I, for one, would never ever use that because I was so frustrated trying to learn that coming off of, like, those Zebcos from freshwater fishing. I don't, I don't know if you, what you call those. Is that a conventional?
1: No, but that's, that's actually called a, that's called a closed-faced reel because it the has a closed Yeah, that's a closed-faced uh, that's <laughs> push-button reel. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: that's where I came from um, for a long time. Oh, probably until I started doing a lot of more uh, fishing up in uh, for walleye and whatnot. You could never pull anything in with those crappy things. <laughs> so I converted over to spin and did a lot better. But
0: never lose the first one you had pink on a mini Mouse rod?
4: I have one of those now. What are you saying? Is a Barbie <laughs> rod? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't even have one of those. But yeah, that's the same thing but um, I forgot what my point was now. See, you guys threw me off.
1: We were talking about casters, and you were saying you went from a Zebco to yeah. a Spinning reel. Yeah, um,
4: but regardless of that, um, your your cast was not based on what you were casting with. It was based on the situation at the time. So I'm just, just saying that bird yeah. there. absolutely. But I don't like them because I've tried to convert myself that's what it was. I was going from the Zepco to spin, and then I tried that, and I could not for the life of me try to figure out how to make that thing cast without getting a bird's nest, no matter what I did. So I eliminated that from my arsenal and went straight to spin and, and just left it there.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Easier. Uh, totally easier. I mean, in a spinning rod... now. And a spinning rod, though there are some nuances to it, uh, or a spinning reel, and we're just going to talk about reels tonight. In another show, we're going to do a couple of shows on this, but uh, it's a gear thing, and it's uh, spinning reels. There's some there's some important things about uh, spinning reels too, and um and then and then there's kind of the size thing. Now I started off with the old trivia with the four rods and stuff, and that's that's old school uh, fishing talk uh and then um the sizes of reels today uh sometimes when you're with a when you're out on a boat and we're talking a motor boat we're not talking about kayak fishing but on a boat uh they'll talk about kind of uh tend towards refer to the setup as you know the weight like so like uh if you're on a uh going out on a on a guided boat trip. They might have twenty pound gear or thirty pound gear or something like that. You might be using a Shimano T L D or something like that. But they're talking about generally the weight as far as, you know, the the drag capability of the reel. And the drag capability of the reel is usually about one third of the total capacity capability of the reel. So if you're talking about twenty, you've probably got sixty pound uh test on the on the rod. So but um as far as sizes for spinning reels, if you're thinking about using a spinning reel like in the backyard pond, the small impoundment, you're doing freshwater stuff, the size spinning reel there that I'm usually running is some probably in the in the hundreds, generally. Now, some manufacturers go with hundreds when they really mean, and they'll go with 10. So if you're, I'm thinking like Shimano or maybe a lose or something like that. They're talking a five hundred or a seven fifty or a one thousand size reel. Those are your general freshwater reels. Is that is that you think that makes sense, Matt D? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Okay, and I'm trying to trying to keep it to a, so, to where somebody we were talking about reels standing on the side of a pond the other day, and I had a little spinning reel. Uh, that I use for crappie and bass, and it was a little loose speed reel, you know, uh, 750. Now, some manufacturers might call that a 75 or a 50, but then the next step up, if you go, like, we're usually doing inshore stuff, flats, fishing, that kind of stuff, in a kayak, and generally in a kayak, you can get away with lighter gear, because you use the boat as your drag system, and that's when you get into right? You, you no, the I'm boat.
4: laughing because I had to run up to see what my reels were from freshwater fishing, and I pulled a reel out that was a 100.
1: It was a 100, right? Okay. So yeah, there. a
4: nice little Berkeley 100 back in the day. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. And it's and it's going to be kind of, it's a, they're small, and the drags on that, I mean, you probably only got 10, maybe 15-pound test on them at the max, right? Um, yeah, now,
4: actually, I was using this one to do some sabiki uh, work for me to get bait for fresh or saltwater fishing. <laughs> yeah, because of my conversion, but that's exactly great. Yeah, that's that's good stuff.
1: Okay, so then when we go to like you know if you went out with D or me, probably Matt inshore, we're going to step it up a little bit to a spinning reel size. Now we're talking. 2500, 3,000, 3,500, 4,000, You may be with one of those manufacturers that are calling them hunt you know hundreds. so like a, a, a 250, a 300, a 3,500. Generally, uh, the 25 or the 2,500, the 3,000, they're probably the same body size of the real. As far as the handle and the body size of the reel, it's just the spool is going to be a little bit different size. You probably can get 50 to 80 yards more uh, line on a 3,000 versus a a 2,500. So look at your reels, Steve. What are you using? 3,000s?
4: all of mine are 2500s 2500s
1: there you go uh
4: inshore yeah if mm-hmm. i am mm-hmm. going to do any kind of like inlet fishing in florida
2: right. um
4: i then reach 3000 to i have a 3 and a 4 and of course the line diameter gets bigger to being um right. So ten pound t- test, I go
1: to twenty. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and 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 today with with uh, with braided line, um, you you could get really tiny because like a forty pound braid now, like forty pound Power Pro, is about the same size as a eight to ten pound test monofilament. And I think everybody here uses braid, right? D. Uh,
4: yeah.
1: Braided line, math, braided line.
4: Yeah, there's a conversion chart oh, yeah. out there somewhere. I don't yep. remember where it is, but it'll tell you what the poundage is of mono versus braid.
1: Right. And I think I pretty still much I use
0: like eight pound, six and eight pound mono on my freshwater gear for like trout and stuff, but other than yeah. that it's all braid. Yeah.
1: So um and and so twenty five hundred three thousand generally what you're gonna see inshore, and like d says she steps it up she's gonna be looking at maybe some bigger fish and she's gonna go to uh she's gonna step it up to a three thousand thirty five hundred forty five hundred um matt what's your big oh d just dropped sorry d uh yeah Dee d, d just got cut off but um Matt, what is your big spinning reel? What, what size spinning reels are you using for bass?
0: Ooh, offhand. I
1: don't really... I, I do right <laughs> Got a
0: oh, box. Yeah. Uh, f- <laughs> the Quantum them. I use is a Boca 40. Okay. And the uh, Spheros I use is a 4,000.
1: Okay, so there, you know, so, so you said the, the Boca is a Quantum made reel? Yep. Okay, so they're going with a 40, so... You would just add it up. I mean, you would know the difference between an actual four, which would be like a freshwater. And actually, with freshwater, you only see like a 500 or a 50 or a 75 or a 750, something like that. And then you'll step There's it basically up. The same so, size as the 4,000. Yeah, so you're looking at a 4,000-size reel. So that's generally and – that, and that always confuses some people because I'll say, yeah, get yourself a 3,000-size reel and about a seven and a half foot rod, and you've got a nice flat setup there. And and I think I'm, I've fished with Mr. Becker enough. I know he's probably he's shooting a 3,000 and a seven and a half foot rod, right? You got other size spinning reels, Greg?
3: Uh, actually, for for the inshore stuff, they're all 3,000s. Um,
1: and what was the, on that the... tarpon
3: rod that got broke?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that was a combo 60. A combo 60. But, um, yeah. A D's but, back. Uh, yeah, a little bit bigger than that, but... Uh, um, the Wright-McGill um, uh, reels that have taken to fishing inshore, the body size on the 2500 and 3000 series are, are the same, but the spool's a little bit bigger, and there's a little bit more line capacity in the 3000. Right. And it mm-hmm. also changes the drag dynamic a little bit. With a little bit bigger radius, it, uh, it affects a little, how much drag, a little bit more surface area on the drag. So I, I
1: like to fish the bigger spool a little bit. Right. You get, you're get back, Dee.
4: Yeah, I am. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries.
4: I don't know how to work a phone.
1: <laughs> we just heard like a little squeal and then you were gone.
4: So. Yeah, I dropped the phone and then I had to go get another phone because that phone died when I tried dialing back in. What? Never mind. Okay. Drama, baby. Drama. No need to have drama.
1: No drama. So anyway, so there so that's it. I don't think I've seen anybody and I think the biggest reel that I take out that my tarpon set up for in the kayak is I think I've got a uh a six fifty Shimano bait runner that I Holy use. Holy
4: crap, you guys are talking about big tarpon?
1: Yeah. No, we just wow. I just said it. bucket list. No. Yeah, bucket list, right? Come on over. Yeah, a, a 450. Uh, I,
4: you know what? I got the big tarpon. It's just getting the adrenaline and uh, angst to get out there and get those big tarpon. So I kind of been settled in with those juvenile tarpons. So i
3: <laughs> Yeah, but the I way I'm I getting over that is the way I'm getting over that is going out with people who have done it a bunch and who actually know what they're doing.
4: <laughs> and yeah. that
3: with me to
1: keep me from messing it up so that's, uh, yeah. that's the way I'm doing well, it I also have yeah. to
4: pull the trigger so.
1: <laughs> yep. that's it and I, I, I saw a report here earlier today Dee that the, the somebody saw some big tarpon out in the surf hitting up on some mullet school so
4: mm-hmm. this is the season baby
1: going to start coming yeah going to get those big ones anyway so there's that's kind of the general setup for, for spinning reels um the other, the other thing, the little nuances you might find is most of our spinning reels now the old school style. In fact, I think Penn still makes a 720, which is the old style where the bale and the way it works, the spool is actually inside of the bale. And most of the, the ones you see today are what they call a skirted spool. So the, where the line is on the spool Then there's like a little skirt underneath. And what's really nice in a kayak, and I found, is that if you're fighting a fish and you need just a little bit of extra drag, you can just kind of cup your hand around that and put a little pressure on that spool and add a little bit to it. Be very careful, though, because especially if you're using heavy braid, if you've got a big braid on a rod, and the rod is generally, like the rods I like to use are seven and a half foot, and they're generally set up for about a six to fifteen pound weight, which you put about fifteen pounds of drag real quick with your hand on the spool, and you'll break a rod, no problem. Ouch! Yeah, you can do that, no problem. Or if you let if you let the rod tap on the boat somewhere, <laughs> you get that or. If you've had a rod sitting in a rod holder with a weight on it and it's been slapping against the side of the rod, now it's got a little stress fracture in it and you're going to get a problem there. But So, yeah, skirted spool, that's generally mo- how they're most made now. Uh, then you can add a little bit of drag there. Um, the other thing, and we'll take a consensus real quick, how many people spin the the lever, the handle, on their spinning reel to close the bale. Anyone, Matt? Absolutely not. <laughs> Becker's like, no, no, don't do that.
4: <laughs> that mm-hmm. is the biggest no-no ever in my book.
1: Yeah. Especially yeah, with braid. You might braid. as
0: well just tie a knot in your line by hand.
1: Yeah, especially with braid. <laughs> especially with braid. you're You're setting yourself up for some great wind knots.
4: Well, you know that's the funny thing. You know, I, I go out with so many people, and I explain to them how to avoid a lot of the situations, and they just don't seem to listen every time. And it's funny when they go, "Oh no, no, I didn't do that, I didn't do that." And I go, "I know you did that. I just watched you, and I saw you create that knot." <laughs>
1: yep. And then,
4: "Oh no, 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 no." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. so cute. It's awesome. And is, yeah. It's
1: awesome. And then the other thing is, uh, you got a fish on, it's taking drag, and you're going to wind against the drag, right? Oh, God. No, let's not do that either, okay? If the fish is pulling drag on on the reel, and uh, you just, where is it? But it makes a really
4: cool noise.
1: It sounds like this.
4: Yeah, but the noise... yeah, there it is. But see, that's the funny thing is, uh, the noise sounds the same whether they're cranking it or if yeah. the fish is dragging it. So you just tell them if you hear that noise, don't crank.
1: That's right, well, don't it, reel. It sounds, it
0: goes a lot faster that noise when
1: you Goes when a lot crank. faster.
4: Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> sounds good on video, but nice. when it's your reel and your client is ripping up your reel, and you're just like, Ah'
1: Yeah, you hear that noise? Don't reel. When it stops like that, the fish slows down. That's when you're going to take up some time. I like that. Hey, stop. All right. Uh, so we don't ro- we don't wind against the drag, on any on any reel, but especially on a spinning reel. And the reason is, is that if if it's taking drag, that line is coming off the reel, and you're taking the bail, which normally puts the line back on the reel. And you're just twisting that line up. In mm-hmm. fact, when I had my motorboat and I was up at taking trips out of Pensacola, if I had somebody who was winding against the dragon, I knew it was going to happen, and of course you have your you know your your boat rods right that you take out there for a trip, but. I would just let all the line out, just open up the spool and just let it spool out, no no uh, lure or anything on the rod as we're driving back in, and just let all that line go out uh, and then reel it back in so that it would be straight because it would take out all the twist. But it only really you can't really do that in a kayak because you're not going fast enough. Uh but, sure you can. Huh? Yeah, I guess sure you, you can. Actually,
3: I do it frequently.
1: Do you? You just cut the line yep. off, let it let it go, if you know that it's you got a little twist in the line. Yeah, yeah that is one way to get it. Out.
3: With the tactical angular clips, every every four or five trips or so on the way back in, I'll just let a bunch of line out, you know, whatever is on the spool, and just let it out and let it untwist and then reel it back in.
1: Get the twist out of it. Yeah.
0: Yep. So Bam. you just want to? I've let all my I line like out that. on my reel too, but that was only because I, I forgot I
4: left the bail open. Too, but I put a teardrop weight on there.
1: Put a little teardrop on it.
4: Yeah, give it a little bit more tension and just uh-huh. let it go. Uh, maybe I shouldn't even put in the teardrop in. I'll just let the thing out.
1: Now, I've always heard that just I just would cut the lure off, and then once you got the line in the water, the friction would be enough to just pull it off and you could leave the bale open. Oh,
4: Lord, just, I've learned from many bow captain guys that is definitely not enough.
1: Not enough. Really?
4: really. Yeah, you want a light. Something like well, actually, the teardrop is probably too much, but I haven't had any problems since I was using it. it was just a thought, but uh, like Mr. Becker said, yes,
1: the, the, tactical this, anger the clip,
4: clip might be just that amount of weight just to keep yep. it flipping over. Yeah, yep. yeah.
1: Oh, cool. Well, that was. Uh, we'll uh, we'll start. We'll kind of wrap up tech talk with that this week. We're not going to get much into it, and then, and then. I've got a list of what I thought would be you know if you're if you go along and 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 don't get me wrong, but you go to a big box store and and buy a no name brand reel and if you don't want it to last very long, then that's the reel you wanna buy but typically spend a few extra dollars on a nicer reel and you'll you'll have something that'll last longer if you take care of it. But I, the kind of the names that I usually look at are like Shimano, Daiwa, Penn, Abu Garcia, Quantum, Mitchell, Okuma. If you want to really get lose. crazy, lose yeah, lose is not bad. Uh, Accurate, Van Stahl. Now you're talking some real money there. Uh, <laughs> you want the Ferraris? I I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I've got a couple of reels. I've got... I think the most expensive reel I've got is about $150. Um, I, I don't know if I could fish with a reel that costs $1,000. Not on a kayak. Can, <laughs> where you might drop <laughs> it over the side, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, the There'll reel grows in the water.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're so low to the water. <laughs> and then some other things, too. That you bring up a good point there, Matt. Um Look for reels like the new Penn Spin Fishers, uh, the new Daiwas. They have waterproof uh, bodies on them. As long as the screws and all that are in them, they're waterproof uh, and uh, waterproof drags, things like that. And then and then maintenance on. them. We'll talk more about that in our next show. But uh, any any other comments? D, you're you're out there with guiding trips and stuff like that. I mean. Just generalize on a spinning reel? Um Anything
4: I, I, I'm with everyone else because um seriously, the clientele that you bring on a kayak that is in in my regime they're really looking to learn, so they're gonna dump that reel in the water every time. <laughs> they are. And yeah. so I I don't buy the most expensive reels by any manner, shape, or form. And people always keep asking me why am I not buying those high end reels. And I was like, well, because I give them to my clients and they dump them. You know, what do you do? You yeah. <laughs> can't be constantly cleaning them and paying attention to them. And a lot of times I will give them like my favorite reel. They're like, it's my reel. It's my rod. But I'm so in the moment that I'll say, okay, take mine, do this, blah, and then boom, it's dumped. It's just like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so I'm I'm literally fishing a $60 reel every single time. I mean, it's, there's no expense in there in any manner, shape, or form. I mean, it's gone in a year.
1: Oh, and speaking Maybe, if six- yes,
4: I'm lucky it'll last uh, two years, but it's, yeah. it's rare.
1: Speaking of $60 so, reels... Uh, yeah. Amazon.com had the uh, Cabela's reels for sixty bucks, so that's normally about a hundred dollar reel. But no, that's that's still a good reel. And I mean, if you're if it's going to be it, in the water and stuff, it, you know,
4: it works, dude. I'm I'm yeah. pulling out, you know, forty uh, six inch redfish on that. that reel, so I'm mm-hmm. not complaining. You know, if it's me or if it's the reel, I don't care. It's working, and my clients are pulling them out. So you can't complain. You can't.
1: Everybody's having
4: a good time. They're smiling. They're enjoying the sunshine. They dumped it in the water. I'm going, okay, (laughs) no problem.
1: (laughs) It'll work, right? Right. Okay. Matt? Yes, sir. Last comments for spinning reels before we go out, take
0: uh, the- all I can say is you know just take care of your stuff it'll last forever you know a little rinse yeah. down after you're fishing and a little WD 40 wipe it down it'll last you right. a lifetime
1: Definitely. D's D likes grease do you use the real butter who anybody use the real butter any or lime butter any kind of conditioner I, use for I, their not. Line? I not I wanted to start
0: using that kind of stuff this year I just usually always took a WD-40, put it on a rag, and just, just wipe the uh, the yeah. body of the reel down just so you don't get the paint corroding off.
3: Yeah, i is on. definitely worth the money you'll spend on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that, that's I-K-N-O-T? Is that what you're we saying?
4: No, no, I-9? I-N-O-X. O-X.
1: I-N-O-X, okay. Yeah,
4: and what's really great about Inox versus, I'm not knocking WD-40, I use it for a long time, and it's a thin um, product to be able to get into places in the reels and stuff, and it's okay for um, the lines and stuff to lube it, but the Inox is actually made from food-grade materials. So it's got an oil base to it that is natural and it it'll keep your reels going for good. It doesn't, you know, um doesn't uh it, the the salt doesn't adhere to it. Mm-hmm. Uh and fish aren't, you know, not uh they don't they don't turn away from it. Now WD or W yeah WD-40 has never turned a fish away. It's always been great for me, but I I I turned to this one and like it a lot. So,
1: Mm -hmm. did you used to put something on your lines though? Didn't you put something on the line? You don't. You're not. Yeah, the high
4: works as well. It sucks right into your line and stays there for a while. Mm hmm Okay. It's a line lube and and a good uh, real greaser.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Nice. I've never used the WD-40 inside the reel. I always use like real grease, that kind of stuff. I, yeah. just, use it. I just wipe the body no, off with it so you. the paint don't corrode.
4: Well, yeah. I'm talking about the outside of the reel, not the inside.
1: Okay. Oh, I got Yeah. So that's INOX. So I'll have to give that a INOX.
4: INOX. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get some of that for this year, definitely.
1: Yeah, actually, the one Beck, thing... Go yep, ahead. On, on the
3: INOX, the one thing I found about INOX as opposed to WD-40. WD-40 will leave a protective film, but it won't completely dry, which is a really, a really good feature of the product for a lot of stuff. But I've found that it tends to attract dust, and it tends to sometimes attract a little bit of sand. Um, whereas when Inox dries, it dries almost... It, I've, I've never found it to dry anything other than completely dry. And it not only repels the salt, but it uh, keeps the dust and the, the fine sand and all the other gunk off the reels that will wind up scratching up, uh, scratching up the paint and everything else um agree 100% on uh, on the rinse. Um, I actually uh, was walking through uh, Walmart one day, and they had the little, um, I don't think it's more than three-quarter of a gallon, hand sprayers on sale for 6 bucks. And uh, I picked one up, and there's one in the trunk of the car now. And most of the time, when I actually remember to do it, um, as soon as they get back, the first thing i will do is take the, the rods out of the boat, pump up that little hand sprayer, and just spray off, the rods and the reels, and then set them down. So even if I don't get to, you know, to rinse them down really well until much later on, all the salt and all the other the other crap and the sand and everything else that I've dragged into the boat or, you know, that I've uh, I've dunked the reels or whatever else is off awesome. them. Um, totally
4: agree. I keep yeah. a spray bottle. Just a standard spray right. bottle is good enough for yep. for me. Right. But uh, um, the sprayer goes a long way. Gosh. Yep. Yeah. Um,
3: don't don't spray high-pressure water up inside the skirt of your spinning reels. Um, If you're rinsing them off with a hose just a fine spray on the outside, don't spray it up inside because what you wind up doing is pushing all the other, all the salt and sand and all the other junk that's on the outside. You push that up into the sticky areas of the reel. And now it's on, you know, the oscillating shaft that slides the spool up and down. It's in the grease. It's in all the other sticky stuff instead of just being rinsed off. So a simple outside rinse is enough. Um, and like some folks I've heard about who will actually take and, and soak an entire reel in a bucket of WD-40. To well, cure, now,
4: now to you cure brought issues, me but. up. I was going to ask you this question. If you had someone that literally dunked the rod by accident completely, the reel, I should say, into the water, what is your method of cleaning off that reel so that it lasts for another time? What I've,
3: what I've done with those in, in the salt water is I'll just take the reel off. I'll take a, you know, a five-gallon, well, a gallon bucket. Uh, don't, I don't have any reels that are big enough to need a five-gallon bucket. But a gallon of warm water and just actually immerse it in the warm water, swish it around in the water. Um, the difference for me, you know, I, I used to talk. I talked to somebody who worked in, in production about how they rinse production parts to keep them really clean. And the first thing they do is a still water rinse before they do a pressure rinse. And the reason for that is a still water rinse. Anything that's heavy will just fall off and fall to the bottom instead of being pushed up inside parts. So if you swish it around in that, in that still water first, um, you know, the dissolvable stuff like the salt will dissolve. The water will get up inside the other areas. But anything that's heavy, instead of getting pushed up in by a, by a strong water stream rinse, It'll just fall off and sink to the bottom of the bucket. Then you can let the let the reel soak for a few minutes, take it out, pour all the water out, spray it off, you know, dry it, inox it, and uh, and that should be good. If it's been yep. in for a long time, then, then I'll probably open it up, uh, check and make sure the seals are good, throw a little bit of extra grease in there, make sure there's no water floating around inside. But if, if the reel's well-maintained, everything is kept oiled, um, one of the biggest things that i found for, for reels, and this goes even back to the freshwater days, for keeping the reel dry inside is making sure that the oscillating shaft that pushes the spool up and down, that the spool attaches to, when you turn the crank, that moves in and out, keeping oil on that and keeping that wet. If that gets dry, that's the, the first point of entry for um, you know all the guck and the salt and the water and grit and everything else is going to wind up inside your reel and mess up the grease. Um, the reel bearings are the, the the handle bearings are generally tight enough to keep that stuff out, but uh, there's there has to be a little bit of play in that top uh, in that top shaft. So keeping yeah, there's that a little seal right. right there. Right. Yeah. And keeping that oiled is uh, has been a, an important thing for for me, and I, I don't I don't remember whom I learned that from, but. It's it's yeah. worked out for well for
1: me, and I, I and, think, and
4: you're absolutely one hundred percent right in my book. So I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I hear it from someone else.
1: Yeah, I I have always been. I have just the you know the regular paint bucket that you know my five gallon bucket there, and I'll just take all of my rods out of my my uh, crate when I get back. I fill it up with just some lukewarm water, whatever's in the hose, you know, that's warm, and I'll just set my rods right down in there because it'll get the salt and everything. It dissolves it right off of your handles. You leave it in there for just a couple of minutes. And now I know my reels are in good shape because every year, at least once a year, I'll take them down, clean them completely out, put new grease, replace any seals or gaskets that are bad, and and just to dunk them down in a still water rinse, as, as Greg called it, just to let that salt, that initial salt and crud fall off. And then when I pull them out without putting that high pressure up underneath the spool or anything, just wash everything off. And I think it also helps dissolve a little bit of the salt and stuff that's off of the, you know, 100, 150 yards of line that you might have used during the, during a big fish run there. Oh, absolutely. That, that still water rinse right there and then a spray off. If I don't have time to do that, then it's just a light spray from a hose or from a hand pump sprayer like you've got, Greg. But uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. But it's not a dunk no. in a WD-40 or anything like that, no. Not. It's a, the
3: other thing you just mentioned, it's, it's part of your real maintenance, but it's important for your line, too, especially with, with people switching to braided lines. Braided lines will soak up salt water. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that salt water dries, it leaves lots of little tiny crystals with all kinds of little sharp edges on them. If you consistently rinse your reel and rinse your, your line with fresh water to get that salt out of there and to get those salt crystals out of there, you'll see your line color stick around a lot longer, and yeah. I think you'll see an improvement in, in how long your braided lines actually last. For, for most braided lines, you know, the, the, the solid fusion-type lines don't tend to absorb water as much, but your, your basic Power Pro, oh Hero. Um, thins. Any of the, those fins, any of those braided style lines, um, those little salt crystals are amazingly sharp when they're rubbing against each other and rubbing against the fibers in your line. So that goes a long way to helping maintain uh, your line integrity as well.
1: Cool. Well, most excellent. Uh, it, it was a great uh, tech talk this week, and uh, next week we'll continue chatting about reels. We'll. Uh, talk a little bit more about putting them onto a rod and maybe the style there's some new styles of guides and stuff and we'll go through that and i want to thank everybody for joining us on tech talk and that's man we're coming around to the top of the hour wasn't that fun d how you like tech talk wow. yeah
4: it's been a while it was awesome i miss you guys yeah.
1: all right we miss you too Hey, and so we're at the top of the hour, so we're going to go down the list and see what the game plan is for the weekend. I don't know. The weather looks good up here, so I might find me some fresh water, some sweet water to go attack. But, uh, D, ladies first, what's your game plan for the weekend? What's uh –
4: Uh, Okay, well, um, my betrothed is returning tomorrow. Um, Winds are not uh, favorable, so I'm excited to not be on the water and pick him up from the airport. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, usually take weekends off, got nothing going on, but that's good because Cinco de Mayo is the 5th. I have nothing going on really until the 6th with the Charter, the 7th with the Charter, and the 8th with the Charter to kill me for a a three-day-in-a-row body slam, if you want to put it. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to is taking care of some people that have been looking to catch some bull reds that I've been on for for a couple weeks now. So hopefully that will pan out. So busy, busy, busy. And, um, whoop, I don't know what else to tell you. Awesome. (laughs) Oh, and Mother's Day is around the corner.
1: So if any of you want to
4: buy me a really, really great reel for Mother's Day, I am all for it.
1: (laughs) What, just so you can take it out there and give it to a client and let them dunk it in the water?
4: Hell, yeah. You want to be my (laughs) client and buy me a reel, I'll help you dunk it in the water, yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
1: all right, Dee. No, it's good to have you back all on the do show. yeah,
4: come on. They're, most no, of don't. them are really, really good about it.
1: Yeah well, Dee, it was good to have you back on the show. Thanks for playing tonight, and uh it's real dot com, right? real is yep. in fishing real all one word Dee Kaminsky, Sebastian, and you're up and down the coast there on the east coast of Florida.
4: Yeah, Mosquito um, Lagoon,
1: Banana River. Banana River, mm-hmm. IRL.
4: Yep.
1: All kinds of good things. And just uh, check her out and give her a holler if you're in that area. I can't think of anybody I'd rather go fishing with. Yay. So I, yeah, thanks, Dee. And Matt, how about you? You're next in line. What's your weekend game plan? Are you going back out to slay some more big bass?
0: Yeah, I'm going to look for uh, some more big bass. Cross my fingers, it's supposed to be really windy this weekend, so they're talking uh, 30 mile an hour.
1: So. <laughs> it's 30. all
4: over the country, Matt. Good luck.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I heard I heard on the news this morning that they were having the Santa Anas out in California kicking up, and they are worried about the fires, but they were showing 81-knot winds at, oh, at uh, yeah. Rancho Cucamonga yesterday. It was like, holy wow. cow. 80 man all right matt it's good to hear from you and uh ice out has happened and the the big cow bass and look forward to seeing some pictures dude pictures good from you mr becker your weekend uh actually uh
3: junior flywheel here is signed up for a uh a fishing event over in uh Madeira beach on saturday morning so we're going to go over and uh and play around over there for a little while and see what the day brings. Uh, Sunday is going to depend on the weather. Um, they're talking about uh, it being fairly windy as well. Um, I'm hoping that uh, the uh, month behind trend is working over here too. I, I, I am still, Chip, um, enamored of, of all those cobia we saw, and I've, I've been hard-pressed not to launch out there again and just go go out and look for them and see if, uh, see if they're still floating around. I can't imagine they would be, but... You know, every every time I go past and I'm not out on the water looking at them, I'm convinced that that means they're there. So, that means they're uh, there. I,
1: I think right. I may have to
3: do that again.
1: Yep. So, um is it time yet for an update on the the junior fishing thing yet or should we hold off? Um I,
3: I, there hasn't been a formal it hasn't been formally added to the uh to the website, but uh either way,
1: either way were anyway, both of the names football. accepted or
3: I, as far as I know yes they they they're both uh, they've both been as their team, so we can uh, you can mention that
1: go ahead, you're the pro staffer cool. so
3: so um i I've had the privilege of being associated with uh with native uh, watercraft and their uh, and their promotional staff team and uh after you know a lot of conversation that's gone on. Uh, native is really committed to not only the current generation of people who are fishing but to supporting and, and, and bringing uh, the youth of our of our uh, our kayak fishing family into into some more fishing and uh, Woody Calloway and the crew at Native have uh, announced and started the native junior, native kayaks junior fishing team uh, it 's made up of uh, of kids by invitation uh, who are out there fishing in kayaks who are doing well in promoting the sport to their to their peers, representing the sport well, uh, not only with kids but with grown-ups as well and uh, who are out there in the community uh, doing things in the fishing community that represent it well. Uh, and I'm really happy to uh, to be able to say that I've been uh, allowed to mentor and sponsor two, um, uh, two young uh, men into this program who I think really exemplify what it is. One of them happens to be my son, Robert, who's um, 11 and is, is uh, really tearing it up. The other is a young man I met a couple of years ago and i had to, absolutely, um, don't, don't, wear, don't wear the kids out because uh, the other one is a, is a young man who I started fishing with a couple of years ago and, uh, and, and have been privileged to watch continue to develop uh, not only into a fine, uh, a fine fisherman, continue to develop into a fine fisherman, but a fine accomplished young man as well. And that's Bradley Gibson, so uh Yay! absolutely uh so. I think they'll do a tremendous job um not only representing the kayaks but representing kayaking and the youth in our industry in general so uh
1: absolutely. I'm proud to be able to talk about that here. Fine, and that's great. I appreciate the effort, man, and uh I know Brad does too uh been, you know, fishing the AFWC for two years now, and Dee's had the, I hope that she considers it a privilege to get to fish with the young man, <laughs> but... Oh, um, my
4: God, yes, and and you guys come down here anytime, and we're, you know, fish on, seriously.
1: And Dee is... Mr. Becker, Dee is, you
4: can come, too.
1: <laughs> oh. And uh, Dee <laughs> is a native-endorsed guide, as well, and Absolutely. Matt... We'll, We'll throw you a bow. Matt is a uh, pro staffer for Jackson Kayak, so everybody gets uh, another ca- another
3: fine kayak manufacturer in the industry.
1: That's right, <laughs> indeed. So, indeed. So, there we go. All right, so that's about it for tonight, man. We had a great time, and we kind of blew through an hour and fifteen minutes. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. And um, if you're listening to the podcast, we do it uh, Monday nights, Tuesday nights at eight central uh wednesday nights a little bit of freshwater talk and then we're back around here on thursday nights for buzzards row uh matt trucks yak Tum, d kaminsky real kayak fishing and mr greg becker the man with the golden voice uh thanks all for being with me tonight and we'll see you next time good night all tight lines and take a kid fishing